In this episode, we celebrate the legendary CBBC series, Chuckle Vision. Also, my guest on The Empty Compartment today is podcast extraordinaire, Darren Stratton. That's all to come on the 90s and noughties UK podcast, a podcast about UK pop culture of the 90s and 2000s. This is Jamie Dyer saying welcome to the podcast. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, email 90sandnoughties at gmail.com. That's 90sandnoughties at gmail.com. You can tweet us at 90sandnoughtiesuk on Twitter or just go to the Facebook page, 90sandnoughtiesuk. So here we are on another episode of the 90s and Noughties UK podcast. And I just thought that before we get into the main content of um, this episode, let me first say thank you to all of those who've sent feedback, comments and messages via social media and emails. It is very much appreciated because without you, there would be no show. And, uh, you know, I'm always saying that, and it's very much true. So this episode, following um, our previous episode that we did with Guy Lambert and Simon Parkin, predominantly focusing on CBBC, um, we thought that uh, we'd return to the subject in parts of this podcast, since there was a lot of positivity around it um, on social media and such. But um, don't worry, for those who aren't so keen on that subject, as always, um, the empty compartment is here to help you. And my guest in this episode is podcaster extraordinaire Darren Stratton, as we talk the Battle of Windows, school dinners and game shows. But first, this... Before we get stuck into this week's roundtables, yes, I did say roundtables, uh, on ChuckleVision, let me take a look in my post bag as I asked you uh, in the past week of your favourite 90s or noughties CBBC show. We've had a couple of correspondents prior to this episode regarding the question, what is your favourite 90s or naughty CBBC show? And first off, we have Ruth, who says, No sweat. I think North and South, who were in No Sweat, uh, for those wondering, um, were the first band I admired. My best friend got us tickets for the CBBC Big Bash event and we got to see them perform. We were so close to meeting them too. Still gutted for little me, but Lee, the main singer, did pose for a fun photo from a few metres away. Thank you very much, Ruth, for getting in contact there. And lastly, Matthew says, How about the Ant and Deck show? their first television show as presenters ran for a couple of series between 1995 and 1996 now i have to say matthew i i don't remember this show particularly but i do know that there was a little bit of controversy because of the beat the barber section of course and if people don't remember it was this weird thing where they cut children's hair on the air and and it caused uh, a lot of Uh, controversy at the time which I think since has kind of uh, it it kind of sounds cute in hindsight but there we are thank you Matthew for reminding me uh, of that show and to you dear listener if you'd like to get your letter in the post bag there will be plenty of opportunities via our social media channels in the very near future And now we move swiftly on 
to our roundtable feature of the podcast. Now, for those new listeners out there, um, this is where I gather fans of a particular subject and then I talk to them for, say, 20, 30 minutes about that particular subject or an area um, within that subject. And we've done previous ones based around music. So we did Steps um, some time ago. We did the 5-1. We've got an A1 uh, roundtable coming up in the next few weeks or so. Um, but this one is the first time that we have focused on a TV show. And quite rightly so, in my opinion, we've started on the classic children's television show, Chuckle Vision, the Chuckle Brothers um, TV show that ran for a very long time. And with good reason. It's extremely popular. And certainly that popularity shows in these roundtables because there is not one, but two. Because I had so many people come forward liking the idea of a roundtable about Chucklevision that I had to split them into two separate sections. So that is, is exactly what you're going to hear here. However, unfortunately... For all the people that put themselves forward, some had to drop out. So the second one, I'm joined by a couple of people. And the first one, it's a few people. So it's not quite as big as I'd hoped it was going to be originally or what it looked like it was going to be. But um, we carried on regardless and we enjoyed it. So now on the 90s and noughties UK podcast, I present to you the roundtable for this episode Chucklevision style. This is another 90s and noughties roundtable. And this time it's a TV roundtable uh, for the first time on the podcast. And in this one, we're going to be discussing uh, the classic children's television show, Chucklevision. It ran for 292 episodes over 21 series between 1987 and 2009. And I'm joined today by Alan, Jake and Jamie, um, who are here to discuss the show. So, uh, I have no particular agenda here. I just want to have a very friendly conversation about the show and the Chuckle Brothers in general. So, uh, Alan, start us off. Um, how did you discover Chucklevision? I think it was just um, being a kid at the time, watching um, CBBC. Chucklevision came on, and um, it was just amazing. Um, it was one of those comedy programs that didn't seem to patronise you as a kid. Um in a similar sort of vein to like Maid Marion or uh, a couple of other TV shows of that ilk, it didn't patronise the children. So you could quite easily see it not being on CBBC, but like later on in the evening, um, it was just comedy. It was, it was great comedy, but just marketed towards children for some reason. It's extremely universal, isn't it? It's very kind of, yeah, yeah. it's like Laurel and Hardy, um, Abbott and Costello. It's that sort of ilk. I think it comes back to like way back when, even before television in the sort of like the clowning kind of sort of like scenario with the white face and uh, um, the other clowns. I can't remember the names now, but uh, where there was one in charge, which was always, uh, I believe, Paul. And Barry was the subservient ones uh, that seemed to have a bit more nouns about him. But to be fair, I don't think either of them had any nouns about them. They just, one person just decided to be in charge and the other person went along with it. And neither of them seemed to know what they were doing. Definite well-defined characters. What about you, um, Jake? Well, I, I sort of, uh, same as Alan, really. I, I grew up with it as a child, but not just on CBBC, but also on um, CITV with a lot of the other shows at the time and uh like you said it, it's a it's got a good formula going for it like it's hard to describe really i mean the thing is like, like Alan said it works well for children it doesn't patronize them. and uh it's got a good formula like you've got you, like you've got um when it comes to their um sort of the themes with each episode it's like you've always got barry who's sort of naive and he hasn't got as much common sense but you've got Paul whose ego gets in the way of everything and at the end of the day they're their combination is what ends up making all the humour and all the uh, all the all the things go wrong for them. <laughs> and I thought that was quite entertaining. Yeah, and it's it still stands up now. What about you, Jamie? 
Well, I grew up with them in the uh, with my brother watching them over the years. Good comedy double act. Yeah, definitely so, and and well defined because they'd had a career before that TV show, and um, they did. Yeah, and uh, the beginning of that TV show was remarkably different. They're not, they're not the same, you know. When you watch series three, for me, Chuckle Vision. Not series one and two. That I vaguely sort of like remember it, but I couldn't sort of pitch anything no, back from them. It, it seemed to me as though they didn't quite have faith in the format because they cut off to a magician and they cut off to a guy doing monologues and telling he stories. He it. Yeah, he did. Brian Butler. It completely ruined uh, the, the flow of it. So like you say, series three is the, the chuckle vision. Beginning. Yeah. The beginning of Chuckle Vision. The beginning of the whole thing. I thought they just hadn't found their uh, ground at the time, I think. From Series 3 onwards, as we say, is is Chuckle Vision. And it ran for a long, long time, 21 series. Um, it did. Yeah. Do do we think that it uh, it kind of waned towards the end? It's like all things, really, I suppose. Everything loses its magic sooner or later. I think yeah. you're famous to them, though. They probably wanted to carry on. Um, I mean, I remember seeing Paul uh, on Twitter not so long back saying the BBC just stopped it. Uh, they didn't even know it was going to stop. It just stopped. So they probably had a, an idea to carry on. It just uh, didn't get the uh, the go-ahead. It's a shame that we've obviously lost Barry now, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've actually lost two Chuckle Brothers because originally there was Jimmy and Brian as well as Paul and Barry and uh, we've lost Jimmy Patton who uh, his life uh, earlier on this year. Last year. Was it last year? Sorry. July, I think. Met Paul last um, June, actually. Me too. I went to go see him in uh, Halifax in May last year. I've actually never met them, even though they're like from just down the road. Uh, so they live in Rotherham, or at least they did. Uh, well, I know Paul's in Rotherham, and I live in Wakefield. He lives in Bartry now. Bartery. Right, okay. Unfortunately, I've never had the opportunity to to meet either of them and uh, that that is something that I uh, that I do feel sorry about, you know, that I didn't get to do that. So I was just saying I think the reason I went to that event to see Ports because like I just I just thought I, I want to meet them but because we've already lost Barry, it'd be a shame if I didn't if if like, we lost Paul before I got to meet either of them and I just thought, well yeah, I'll, I'll do that now. But it's not the same anymore. No, it isn't. And I I do think they should put Chuckle Vision on, on iPlayer or BritBox or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or Netflix even. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the problem is, is because it's classed as children's television, um, it kind of gets put into this wormhole where they go, yeah, but it's old, so kids aren't interested. And it's like, but it goes into this whole new category that they need to invent, really. Mm. Classic retro television. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of those kids' shows from back there, we could admit, probably aren't suitable for, for kids now. That one happens to be one that um, that is suitable, that is still okay, and yet uh, it doesn't fit into any of the modern-day categories, and it should be on one of those services. Um, and Paul said so himself. I was just saying, like, all classic shows, like, it did put the, um, the original series on the Demon Has Master on the iPlayer last year, so why not Chucklevision? Well, yes, and, and there'd be more. There's more episodes, you know, to, to go upon. And um, it's, it's one of those where because it wasn't, it didn't lead on to anything, it wasn't serialised because each episode was its own contained thing. I think I, I used to get confused as to the episodes, like where they were from. They were just all timeless. I think it, it, a lot of TV shows now have veered towards this long story arc thing, uh, which I'm not, that big a fan of and I think it's come from Lost and then any TV series afterwards like Game of Thrones like even Star Trek Discovery and Picard they've all gone on to this long story arc thing and there's no self-containment anymore um, which I think is sad because having a, a like a story inclusive in its own episode you can just dip in and out if you need to do and you don't you know you don't have to go in, in any specific order you can just come back and go forwards to Either your favourites or whichever one you remember best. Um, you're not going to lose anything by just watching that episode. So even the casual viewers are going to enjoy it. The fact that they they don't follow an arc it makes them more timeless. Means that they age they age like fine wine. Yeah. And also what what, what you were saying earlier about how they it sort of lost its magic over time. The fact that it lasted 21 years shows how how good it was really in the long run of things. Yeah, because let's be honest, if you ask someone to describe a children's entertainer they don't really come to mind initially 
as looking like children's entertainers, but it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it goes to me uh, saying earlier that they don't, they didn't come across as being patronising. They were just a character that, um, yeah, just appealed to children as well as even adults. I mean, I was watching it well into my twenties whilst it was still running. I was still happy to watch. It. There's a little bit of humour that can appeal to adults as well, like the jokes about their about brother and football and all that. Yeah, yeah. That was a good episode as well when it went to Rotherham. And there's, there's even a few secret jokes that an adult might find funny. Like when, I think there's one episode where it says, I don't think Dan's waving at us, Barry. <laughs> but I don't think there's many people that used to watch Chuckle Vision nowadays that will move a piece of furniture without saying to me, to you. I, I agree with that. <sighs> they had a few catchphrases. Um, obviously, one of them, as you say, being to me, to you. Oh, and, yeah. um, oh, dear, oh, dear. That one, yes. Even though they were, were all standalone episodes, those catchphrases kind of tied the whole series together. It became a familiar thing. I mean, what, what do we make of the music? Because the music was quite unique for the time is dave cook that that uh, composed the stuff for that and he's actually released some stuff on um on itunes and spotify and things and listening to those tracks it has a really kind of unique sound that is just that show i, I find it sort of like uplifting and uh sort of yeah sort of like just entertainment sort of sound really i think i think it was very much of that time but yeah as uh as jake said it was uplifting it was uh short to the point it had one word repeated over and over again it did what it needed to do it was great but i, I really enjoyed the uh setup where the uh the eye fell down and uh, barry picked it up and uh, they put the dots there it was great yeah do do we guys have any um like episodes that stick out to us chuckles in charge yeah indiana chuckles the one where they did that pantomime thing in um, Blackpool because that, that sort of ties them in with what they do outside of Chuckle Vision as well Char- characters seem to sort of like uh, keep uh, for some reason certain characters that pop up that seem to uh, be memorable for me so for instance the Mick Chuckles where they were the Scottish version of the Chuckle Brothers yes um, and uh, when Jimmy did the uh, no slacking and uh, Brian did the get out of it um, yeah certain characters <laughs> did that thing yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm going to go early here. I'm probably going to say Cabby and Chips from the early series, from three or four, I think. Three. It, yeah, series three, there we are, because it's actually been released on DVD. Um, it's, it's a shame, actually, they haven't released more of those. I don't really understand why. It's probably a sales thing, but I think after the first two series got released on DVD, they didn't particularly sell very well because it wasn't the Chuckle Vision that everybody knew. So... Um, even though everyone was waiting for free onwards. Probably did the similar sort of thing with the Muppet Show as well. The first couple of seasons of the Muppet Show was a bit weird compared to the later series um, because they had the British entertainers like Paul, uh, Bruce Forsyth, for example. The Americans aren't going to understand that. <laughs> yeah, later on series, they started getting the American uh, actors in. Yeah, and it got bigger, um, that particular show so yeah those are the episodes that we kind of um define i mean where could they have gone um because what i noticed later on was they were starting to bring in more kind of pop culture references they, they could have sort of like, uh, gone with the way of um bringing in star guests like uh, working for i don't know kyla minogue for example and helping her do a pop concerts or <laughs> recordings or whatever and cocking it up as they always do <laughs> um certain things like that or the, in wardrobe um so yeah uh fashion shows doing the fashion shows and making an absolute big seed of it and then for whatever reason stealing the show <laughs> you could have gone there's so many things they could have done it was just one of those things that's you universally translates to anything that they wanted to do any job i can't remember their actual job they seem to do a different job every week <laughs> I don't know what their job was, but they did a different one every week and whatever it was, they were not slacking or... <laughs> but usually just working for Dan in his van. <laughs> yeah, it tended to be, didn't it? It was one particular job, um, but usually the same boss. Yeah, every time. Dan. Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier that um, that their kind of legacy and their, their history it kind of conforms with Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello and those double acts. Um, a couple of sort of things. I remember they've done the wallpapering routine at least once mm-hmm. on Chuckle Vision. Or twice. 
Yeah, once or twice. And they've also done the... I, I was surprised, actually. They did the bed routine as well, both of them in the same bed, um, which is a real callback to Morgan yeah, Wise and, and those performers. Did they do the wall, uh, wallpaper routine on uh, that Bruce Forsyth uh, generation game? I don't know. Oh, I know they did the pottery falling in place thing. They definitely did that on Generation Game, but I've got a funny feeling they did the wallpapering routine on there as well. I don't know. Does anyone else know? I don't know. Sorry, I don't either. <laughs> uh, they were on Generation uh, Generation Game a few times. I know they kept uh, coming back pr- uh, pretty much every other season. Yeah, because they, they did do other things. It wasn't just Chucklevision. Mm. They they did other things. Yeah. And, and obviously, since Chucklevision has finished, they've been on... I think they were on Celebrity Juice once. So, as I said, the... They start on pointless on one occasion. Yeah. Were they on Weakest Link at one point as well? I might... might, <laughs> might. No, they were on, I think they were on Blue P before they did Chuckle Vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, Jamie mentioned earlier the Chuckle Hounds before Chuckle Vision was sort of a more um, like toddler's show, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, but they, they were actually... They weren't in person. They were in, uh, in dog, dog costumes. Did anyone see that? I did Chuckle Vision. Do do we think that it should be somewhere uh, for people to view? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't even think it'd be difficult for them to do and just put it on iPlayer. I don't understand why you know they're so reluctant to do that. At least in the UK, it's really they're quite really well known amongst kids and adults alike. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think as we were saying before, it's very much because they they classified as a kids program back in the day, but it, it's universal now. And certainly I, I watched a few episodes quite recently and I was struck with how juvenile it was in places, but still extremely, you know, it's okay to watch. It's not quite as uh, sappy as some programs can be that are aimed at that audience. Has anyone got anything else to say on this subject? I've got a little bit of interesting uh, facts. Uh, the uh, the Chuckle Vision car, the actual bike. Right. Um, I, I know what happened to that. I know someone that actually owns the actual bike. Um, one of my friends who's a magician actually worked on a, a BBC show um, after Chuckle Vision finished. And because the BBC owned the prop, they asked him if he wanted it to sort of like play the story. So he actually now owns that bike. And he's a magician that lives in Scarborough. That is amazing, because I know many people wanted that bike. I've asked him for <laughs> it several times. <laughs> uh, but he's recon- He's basically redone it, so it doesn't look anything like it did back then. But uh, And he does use it for some of his uh, performances. But yeah, that's where the bike is now. It's in Scarborough. And apparently it actually had a motor on it, which I didn't. I, I couldn't remember this, but it had a motor on it. So the gag was uh, when the Chuckle Brothers went out of the car as if they'd left the handbrake on and it rolled off, but it rolled off uphill. <laughs> so they were chasing after it as it was rolling away and it was a motor driving. Oh, that's clever. Good joke. It, it works and it still works now. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting that that, that, that bike is, is still in use for one thing. Um, are there any other... Do you know about the whereabouts of any of the other props that they might have used? No, I'm, I'm not aware of any others. I just know about the bike. As, as I said, I really wanted that bike. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not letting go. I think everybody did. I think everybody wanted yeah. that, that bike. Although I don't remember seeing it too much later on. It was very much a sort of an early on. I remember seeing it mid-90s, but after that, I, I can't recall whether they used it very much. I think it was made by the BBC props department, so I don't think the Sugar Brothers actually owned it. Um, it was something that was made for the show, and then obviously because they owned the actual prop, they get decided to give it away because obviously it's just, just taking up room and it's never going to be used again. It, it is sad, and and obviously uh, the show ran until two thousand and nine. We're quite lucky that it ran that long, and as we've quite rightly pointed out they went on to do other things and there's the uh, the pantomime they did as well as the um chuckle brothers yeah yeah they, they did a few pantos and i think paul is still doing them yeah um i've heard that paul's doing a comic convention in stoke on trent i'm sure I've, I've read that somewhere that he's going to turn up at one of the comic conventions but obviously with the covid19 thing it's uh it's been put on the back burner. So it may, may still happen next year that Paul, uh, Paul Triple might still still turn up at Stoke-on-Trent Comic Convention. So if you do want to go meet him, that's probably somewhere to look out for. Well, there we are. And um, 
we're going to draw it to a close there, but uh, I'd like to say thank you very much, Alan, uh, Jake and Jamie for joining us today to talk about ChuckleVision. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. I'm joined here by a couple of fans um, who are going to share some memories. So, Ben, um, start us off. What are your memories of ChuckleVision? I don't know. I've just, I've just liked it since I was young. So I just thought it's, it's probably more the uh, waking up. Uh, I, they used to have it on early on the CBBC channel, I believe. And sometimes uh, I used to try and wake up and watch it then. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of my favourite programmes, yeah. I remember it being on at, at about half past six in the morning. I used to tape it myself. I didn't record as many as I want as I wanted because uh, they they used then they stopped repeating the older ones. So I wish I'd uh, recorded more. You know, looking back. Yes. Um, what about you, Christopher? Um, well, I remember like watching it. It's like because once you watch it once, you're like, oh, I want to watch it again and again and again. And 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 then you and then you, and then once you watch it again, you get into you get into it, and you're like, this is actually something that I like to watch, and it's and it's just and it's just like this can give you good memories of it. Yeah, yeah, I I can agree with that. I'm I'm sure um, Ben and I can concur there that, uh, that I've got some great memories watching um, ChuckleVision. Are there any episodes that spring to mind for for both of you? Probably. Um, it's probably the first ever episode of their ser- uh, first series. Really? Um, what back in 1987? Uh, that their uh, their sort of studio based format. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like because like, if you look at the Chucklevision that they done, like the last ever series they done, it's different to the first series. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they had a sort of sitcommy format. Um, going from series three onwards, and the first couple of series are mainly studio based. What about you, Ben? Um, it's more a memory of seeing it later on, but the um, put up job, I believe, where they're in the hotel, no slacking. I've always liked. I think it's definitely one of the, the strongest, yeah. funniest ones in my book. Series nine has a lot of good uh, episodes. I think it's one of personally, I do like. If I had to, if I had to pick one. Yeah. Have either of you ever met the Chuckle Brothers? No, I've, I've never met them, but because um, they're opening up the thingy and Gulliver's, aren't they? The Chuckle Street. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I might probably go up there and just have a look at it all. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I wasn't aware of that, but I do know that Paul does a lot of extensive um, work out there, certainly when there isn't a pandemic going on. Yeah, he does like all work for charities as well, which is like, which uh, which I mean he can do because he's no longer got his brother his brother with him to do anything, so he might as well start helping people that need help. Well, I I think they they did a lot of that anyway. Um, they used to do a lot of lot of panto at Christmas time, and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, do we think that the the series ChuckleVision was consistent throughout? Was it consistently good, or was there actually bad episodes, but we just don't remember them? Well, the uh, the last one is pretty terrible. It's a shame it had to end like that, really. Yeah, it's a bit of a parody of itself, isn't it? Yeah. The one before it would have been kind of the perfect ending, I think, if it swapped them round. But. The thing that I find with that show is they don't look like children's entertainers. They don't. They just they just look like two normal people. Yeah, they they just didn't look like children's entertainers. Um, but you know that series ran for a long time, and as as Chris has already said, those early series had a completely different format uh, that was spoiled, in my opinion, by the uh, by the monologues in the middle. Those live shows uh, are pretty good, but I do think they, they need to get out some of the later series, um, certainly, because they've gone up to Series 3, and I, I, I would imagine what's happened is they've released the first two series, and then they didn't sell very well because they weren't the format that we all know and love, so they've stuck out Series 3 about five, six years later. It's pretty much um, not sold very well, unfortunately, but they do need to get them up on iPlayer, Apart from the last series, of course. BBC seem to just want to uh, 
not acknowledged a show since since it finished. I don't know. They just it's like they don't want any, you know, think. Oh, that was years ago. We won't. We'll brush it under the carpet or whatever, which is not very nice, really. But it's it's been like a thing that's been going on for like low like loads. I can't remember how many years, but it's been going on for ages. Yeah, it's it's been quite a while, and I I I often term it that what's happened is when it was originally made, it was aimed at children. It was for children, and it's labelled as such the thing for like the first and second series like like, yeah, like in the middle years like all story times and that yeah so it was aimed at children and then obviously now the kids today probably wouldn't appreciate it quite as much we have a much more of a nostalgia for it but of course they probably would have find it a bit boring well, possibly, although a lot of it's quite timeless. Yeah. Because there's a lot of sort of Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello and, and a lot of old-fashioned kind of double-act gags in there that they were doing right, right up until the end, really. Obviously, we'll, we'll draw it to a close in just a moment, but um, do, do we think that Chucklevision is like the definitive CBBC show? Is it like the show to watch? I would say yes, because like, it's. I think it's the longest tv show to ever run um certainly for for children's yes everyone would say blue peter i think but i never liked blue peter so i always went towards the comedy so yeah it's inspired my love then i've i love all the british comedies and stuff so it kind of comes from that mainly and it it fits into that doesn't it yes well it is a sitcom really People don't class it as one, though. Well, yes, I I always liked the way that they, uh, you know, it wasn't a continuing story. Each one could stand up on its own, so they could play them in any order, and it still makes sense. Well, uh, I shall draw that to a close, but I'd like to say thank you very much to Chris and Ben for joining me today uh, here on the 90s and Naughties podcast, and um, all all the best. Um, go go and watch some <laughs> Chucklevision. Yes, thank you. And once again, thank you to the participants of both Chucklevision roundtables there. Um, in just a moment, we're about to do the empty compartment uh, with uh, Darren Stratton, podcaster extraordinaire. But first, um, let's let's lead on, shall we? Darren, um, what's your favourite memory of Chucklevision? To me, to you, to me. Ah, <laughs> That's a great one, isn't it? And so it's time for that part of the show called The Empty Compartment. Three questions, one guest, all 90s and noughties related, and um, the more random, the better. My guest today is Darren Stratton, podcaster extraordinaire. Um, Darren, in brief, how did you get into podcasting? I was just to college and downloaded a bit of software and wondered how it looked like if I did a podcast, that's how it all came about. Well, yes, and now you do many of them. Um, normally, what I would do is I would read out the first question, but I think the tradition appears to be that um, that actually you go first. First question that comes to my mind is Windows 3 versus Windows 7. Oh, see, now you, when you say free, are you talking about before 95? Yeah. Just for all you viewers at home, Windows 3 was released in 1990 and Windows 7 was released in 2009. So I kind of gone for the, the extremities on both ends of the scale. Yeah, I mean, that, that really is both ends of the scale, isn't it? Because really, people didn't start getting into proper computing till about 95 with the introduction of Windows 95. This is going to be a very geeky conversation. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a very know, geeky you conversation. You know what I like, Jamie? Yeah. I've done yeah. about 1,900 podcasts. So. Yeah, mostly about this particular subject. That yeah. is your specialist area. But you can't really do anything with Windows free, though, can you? Um, you'd be surprised. I'd do another show called The History of Windows. I've done 210 episodes of that. 110 of them were Windows free. Right. And what can you do with it? Just the, your basic stuff, really. I mean, Windows 3 was the first one to introduce a desktop, desktop icons. It replaced um, the, the MS-DOS executive from Windows 1 and 2. 
Yeah, you see, I remember 3.1, which was sometime later, wasn't it? 1992. Yeah, but you see, 95, everyone's got the memories of 95. That was when it really took off. That's when Windows looked like Windows. Windows 3.1 was the one that introduced the first Windows logo. You know, the one that we, the one that we know of, the first of the swirly ones. Yeah, I mean, for me, actually, we're talking about Windows 95 as well as free, but 98 was like my first proper experience, you know, when you get your own computer as a kid and and suddenly, like, you can do all this stuff and it was one of the first where the internet was almost in mind, wasn't it? Yeah, Um, DOS was mine. Well, (laughs) I mean, DOS, DOS is another thing. I mean, C colon forward slash forward slash c it was it was confusing wasn't it it was i remember i was trying to do a database in works and it was in i was in dos six at the time oh it was tedious (laughs) well it, it is because you have to remember all this it's like coding i mean no wonder it took people so long to get into computing but my my very first computer was like a like a little briefcase you just fold it out Open it up like it was a briefcase, and out came your keyboard. Had no mouth. Wow. And when would that have been? Uh, 1993, I think it was. Wow. I lost six at the time. I mean, how far we've come with with that um that's that's fascinating and you know what it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that the first question that we get from you is of an extremely geeky and niche nature um that uh, that is an extremely geeky question but thank you very much for asking it on this edition of the empty compartment and um really we didn't answer the question not really because i i think windows 7 because 7 pretty much it does so much more. I mean, from a nostalgic point of view, yeah, free is great, but seven is it, it it is closer to the modern experience. And certainly, if we can't get access to Facebook on Windows free, then what's it good for these days? Um. <laughs> I'll tell you what it's good for, and you'll be finding that I'll be a Mister Ar- Mister has an answer for everything. Um, mm-hmm. Windows three was actually the last version of windows that let you play reversi reversi see that that completely i i have no memory of that so let's move swiftly on shall we let me let me ask you because this this is my question now and i think we're going to go on a similar theme darren my question what is your favorite game show of the 90s or noughties copy the weakest link i grew up with that um, the Weakest Link came to our screens in August 2000, and I grew up with it. I mean, every time I host a quiz, because I, I host quiz, I host a quiz sometimes. That's the that's the one I tend to follow. Are there, are there any other any other game shows that spring to mind? Weakest Link is a is a great show. Are there any other great shows that that um, that spring to mind? I like the idea of Supermarket Sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce's Price is Right. Another one of mine. Yeah, most of these are repeated now, uh, which which is amazing. Um, So they still have have uh, nostalgia value. Um, I loved Supermarket Sweep, but Weakest Link to me was always the boring one. Did sound a bit slow at first, but then of course, as as you lose contestants, the rounds got shorter. Yeah, and of course you had sudden death. And of course you. You host a quiz yourself, don't you? So you yeah. you have an appreciation for it. Well, there we are. That is the uh, that's the second question, and now we go forward to the third question of the um, of this edition of the empty compartment. And this question in particular is submitted to us by listeners, so it isn't particularly um, aimed at you. It's not particularly aimed at me either. It's just a general thing um i could have anybody sat in front of me so if you don't know the answer or you're not sure don't worry about it it wasn't uh, it wasn't selected with you in mind but that's the randomness of it isn't it um so uh thank you very much to tom that got in contact and asked what is your memory of school dinners 
Were they any good or were they as bad as Jamie Oliver said they were? I have mixed emotions about school dinners. There were some that were really nice and others that were absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I remember. I, I don't know. It must have been sort of late primary, early secondary. They bring out curry and it was like green and it you didn't really know what was in it. It was just like mush. Yeah. And they, they'd serve up weird things like lumberjack pie. And you think, what is this? Um, although I could tell you that I had um, one of my school dinners with pizza and vegetables. Mm-hmm. That was when I was um, in secondary school. I, I remember the, the secondary school meals being a lot better. I was at a different school and they were a lot better. They had chips once a week and the rest of the time it was like gravy stuff. We had things like braised steak and uh, bacon and parsley and, and that sort of thing. It was very nice. Never heard of, I never thought of the idea of bacon and parsley. I think you might start saying, Jamie. <laughs> was it bacon, bacon and parsley sauce? No? No. That's, that is unusual, isn't it? Because it, it's funny because we, um, the question mentions Jamie Oliver. And back in the day, my school, they had this newsletter that used to come out. And they said, they said, oh, despite what you're seeing on TV, our meals have always been great. And I must admit, actually, they were always great. But I wonder how many schools actually didn't have great school meals, but went, no, we're all right. Because most of it was junk from what you saw. I mean, did you ever have a turkey Twizzler? No. No. I, I think that was mainly from the inner city schools. I don't think that was a bit further out. No, uh, my secondary school was in Emsworth. So, um, that tells you something. I suppose it does. So, I, I mean, the, the school dinners thing, were they as bad as Jamie Oliver said they were, or were they okay? Depends on, depends on how the person would perceive it. My best answer for that, unfortunately. Well, that, that is true. That is extremely true. It does depend on how the person perceives it. That is the third question in this edition of The Empty Compartment. And um, once again, thank you very much, Darren, for joining us. I concur with that man. And The Empty Compartment will be back in the next episode of the 90s and Noughties UK podcast with radio presenter david snape joining us once again to talk about all things 90s and noughties debating those free questions and if you're listening and would like to be part of a future episode segment of the empty compartment video or not then you can uh, you can um, tweet us at 90s noughties uk on twitter or go to the facebook page which is just simply 90s and noughties at gmail.com that's 90s and noughties at gmail.com and allow me to explain somewhat because i know there are some listeners out there who believe that our podcast should just be like one subject and one subject only per episode i like this show to not just be about one particular thing i like it to be a show in its own right rather than just oh this week we're the cbbc show this week we're the citv show this week we're just going to talk about take that obviously occasionally we will be focusing on specific subjects but in the main i like it to be um in its own thing you know it's its own shell somewhat and it's what they've done on radio for years as a great australian um show that i enjoy listening to on free aw in melbourne um which i listen to online which um has a show called remember when which is broadcast over several stations they don't go well this week we're going to talk about this particular thing they just go from this to that to something else this isn't just about one particular subject it's about the whole lot and so the empty compartment is about trying to diversify that subject so that we're not just in one thing and i have had people come forward wanting to be part of it and then realizing oh do i do i um 
can I just come on and talk about this? No, you talk about what, um, whatever the, the subject happens to be. And some people want to brush up on it. And what I will say to those people is, um, obviously, when you're proposing a question, brush up on it if you want to, if that helps you. But for the rest of it, allow it to be spontaneous, because I'll I'll explain here that every guest, apart from their own questions, they don't see the question beforehand. So if it sounds slightly stilted at times or they don't quite know what to say, uh, that is because they haven't seen it beforehand. But the chances are it's a 50 50 chance. There was always a chance that that guest was going to go oh and then reach off into something i just didn't know and that is the risk that you take but it's a risk worth taking if you get something decent because i love the spontaneity of it that's why i ask in some ways i I love the spontaneity and i love the nostalgia that comes from just remembering something that perhaps you haven't thought about for a long time in that moment rather than refreshing yourself and then going well i hadn't thought about it till the other day it's like no i want your first thing you know i want your first memory right there i don't want you having um been and and brushed up on it i want that first flush of you remembering something because that's sometimes that's where the sweet spot comes and it's it's um brilliant and that's the whole point of the podcast nostalgia and spontaneity as well so yeah let me go into right now after that um little diversion away from the podcast but i felt like it was it needed to be said in spoken form rather than just online so allow me to go to the section i like to call jamie's final bit So this is Jamie's final bit. It sounds just like the rest of it, but it is, in fact, the final bit. And this is an extremely off-topic reference, but I'm going to make it anyway. Um, And I thought that for this week's final bit, since we have some time to spare in our one-hour time slot, that I would look, since predominantly we've been talking about CBBC of the 90s and noughties, I thought that why don't we combine the initial subject with the roundtable subject and take a look at um, the marvellous genome project as part of the the BBC. They've got this amazing thing where all the Radio Times listings going back to as far as as the beginning, really, of the Radio Times. And I thought, why don't we look at um, like random episodes of ChuckleVision and see what was around them and maybe discuss that and um and so yeah go go and check out the genome project it's it's a brilliant uh, resource for those interested in what was on tv at particular moments in time and radio as well um wonderful so yeah first one um we're going to look at is from uh, around may 1990 and 1540 was a cartoon double bill, doesn't say what that was, into Chuckle Vision, introduced by Andy Peters, um, peak broom cupboard time. And it says Paul and Barry set to work on a car. Now, that is quite possibly Cabby and Chips. I would imagine that that would be the episode that's about the right time. Uh, And after that, we had cartoon adventures with a duck-billed platypus, Ovide, um, and then Simon and the Witch, uh, the last of a 13-part serial. Yes, indeed. And then into, and this this will evoke a lot of memories for people, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's right, Hero Turtles, because that's what it was called at that particular moment in time. They didn't think we could manage the word ninja. Then we had News Round. So that's, that's, um, that's where ChuckleVision was in 1990. So let's go on to one from the mid-90s, about 1996, October. So we start off b- beforehand um, with... ChuckleVision, it said here, Otis the Aardvark introduces cartoons at 3.30 and then 3.50 ChuckleVision. 
Paul and Barry attempt to buy a lottery ticket, but chaos ensues. Yes, indeed. That was a repeat at that particular moment in time, but it was followed by Get Your Own Back with Dave Benson Phillips. Then into The Demon Headmaster, which again will evoke a lot of memories for people. Into Newsround, finishing off with Blue Peter with Tim Vincent, Stuart Miles, Katie Hill, Romanda de Anunzio. Um, and it said there it was repeated the next day at 7.55 a.m. if you happen to be up of course. Then into Neighbours, which was the classic thing. I think we all remember um, CBBC finishing going into Neighbours. Classic moment in time right there. So let's go forward four years to 2000 on the BBC Genome Project. And that particular day, um, around September time, so when the schools were going back, um, we go into 1525, 325, the Tweenies. Yes, indeed. Ends 335, Rabbits and Elephants. Um, so, yeah, that was the episode name for that day. Into Bob the Builder, again, classic. Then into Chuckle Vision, into Casper, which had two more tales featuring the friendly ghost. Then Microsope the penultimate part of the off-the-wall comic drama. Then into Newsround, then Blue Peter, in an era that I remember very well. And this particular week was an Olympic special presented by Connie Huck, Matt Baker, Simon Thomas and Liz Barker. Yeah, that is definitely peak of what I um, remember blue peter to to be i'm sure many people have because it's run for so many years their peak era of what they remember and that is that is mine um with matt baker and um simon thomas liz barker and and of course connie huck all went on to do great things in the industry so lastly in our little trip uh, through the radio times let's go to december 2009 uh, so we're skipping forward nine years where chucklevision is still on the air but this looks to be from what i can see the last time um according to this it was probably repeated afterwards but of course the genome project goes up to 2009 one of the last times that uh, chucklevision would have been played on bbc one because they um, they shortly after that decided not to have it on BBC One anymore. So we start at 15.05 with CBBS Show Me, Show Me. Then Tronji, um, CBBC, 15.35 um, there. And then 15.55, uh, we had Chucklevision, The Hapless Brothers Reminisce. Then at 16.10... Sam and Mark's Guide to Dodging Disaster with Sam and Mark. Then Sean the Sheep, then the Sarah Jane Adventures, then into Newsround, and then sadly, no Blue Peter on this, but into The Weakest Link, um, very much into almost the modern era of what we remember things what we know things to be now that quiz show at sort of five o'clock and i have to say i liked the weakest link in in some ways although at times it was boring um so yeah that's 2009 one of the last times that chucklevision would have been on bbc one and it's a shame actually uh, i remember watching it in cbbc repeats as has been said in the roundtables um, that was that was a great time. They were on at like six o'clock in the morning, so you'd have to tape them in advance, and I'd watch them with my breakfast before school. Uh, so there we are. That that's just a small trawl, and I'm sure that we'll do this at another point in time through the BBC Genome Project. And I keep saying it because you know I, I'm using it as a resource here, but I think you you all should go and have a look as well because it is a great thing, and it certainly stirs up a lot of memories, um, especially as, I mean, the 1991 uh, that we talked about, I wonder what that cartoon double bill was. If anyone knows, um, would they mind getting in contact with us? I'd love to know um, what that was. And of course, how many of these shows do we still see 
You know, how many are we still seeing on, on TV? I mean, when was the last time Simon and the Witch was repeated on, on TV? Or Ovide? And I apologise if I have got that wrong. Um, but um, but there we are. That, that's that's uh, what happens. And, of course, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I had that on VHS as a kid. I loved it. It was a great craze, although I think by the time I was growing up, uh, it was sort of coming out the other side, wasn't it? And they had that weird um, show on, was it Fox Kids? I think it was, which was like a, a 3D, like live action version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as it was known then. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that little foray into uh, the TV guides of yesteryear. There's loads that can be found from there. And I think it gives you a snapshot as to how Chucklevision managed to survive so many different changes. Um, and, and that's pretty much shown by our previous CBBC episode with Simon Parkin and Guy Lambert, how there were all of these changes that happened at the BBC and, and CBBC um, that meant that Chucklevision just kept going, didn't it? It kept going and it lasted throughout all of this time. And it's wonderful. Um, I, I love it. But I do wish it was on some kind of streaming service. Come on. You know that you want it on a streaming service. I want to say it on BritBox or Netflix or, or Amazon Prime. Something. Make it happen. And while you're at it, have a look through some of these old TV guides and tell these people that you want to see some of these other shows. I mean, I, I did hear that um, when it was Blue Peter's anniversary not so long ago that they were talking about digitizing a lot of the old episodes. Well, I hope that that includes um, some of the stuff from the 90s as well, because, again, it's a snapshot in time and some of those things were quite interesting. Blue Peter, uh, in my memory, they used to go on trips and things and they'd, they'd uh, show a lot of stuff that now... Uh, would be of great interest from almost a historical point of view. Not just the 70s stuff with John Noakes and Peter Purvis, but the later things as well. The Connie Huck years and such, and, and Zoe Salmon and sort of that late 90s to early 2000s. Um, so, so, yeah, that that is something that, that I would like to see. What would you like to see? do let us know via our social media channels. And once again, I apologize if this is a little bit rambly, but as I say, it's the final bit. I like to give myself an hour of airtime uh, for this podcast, no more, no less, just to meet that and, and try and get better each episode. So don't worry. If you're a listener that is uh, listening to this for the first time, it isn't like this every week just thought hey why don't i have a look in this um in this bbc genome project while i have time to that's what i thought and we have done so what is your memories do let us know here on the 90s and noughties uk podcast <sighs> and breathe we've had a really good episode today actually i i've enjoyed this episode with the round table and the empty compartment and i look forward to doing it uh, once more um next week because we release episodes once um once a week on a monday at the time of recording so if i've changed it then please do uh, have a look at the dates that are regular and um go from that basically don't listen to me in the uh, distant past well there we go so anyway thank you very much for listening to this edition of the 90s and noughties uk podcast if you'd like to get in contact with the podcast you can email 90s and noughties at gmail.com that's 90s and noughties at gmail.com you can tweet us at 90s noughties uk on twitter or you can go to the Facebook page, which is just simply 90s and Noughties UK. This is Jamie Dyer saying thank you very much for listening. Your support is much appreciated. Please do keep an eye on social media for any updates 
to future episodes and any participation opportunities as well. 